Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Around the Writer's Table. I'm Gina Hogan-Edwards coming to you today along with my co-hosts, Kimbu and Melody. We're going to be diving into the relationship between the seasons and the last guidepost in the creativity quest that we discussed, which was inviting authentic existence. But let's say hello first, especially for new listeners. As I said, I'm Gina Hogan-Edwards. I am a historical fiction writer, I am also a creativity coach, a retreat facilitator, and my passion is supporting women and finding their voices and leaning into their creativity. So hello, ladies. Glad to have you here. Melody, would you like to introduce yourself? Welcome back, everyone. My name is Melody, a scout, and I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through Plant Spirit Medicine and my book, Soul of the Season. So I'm also a writer and a blogger and a podcaster. Glad to have you here, Melody and Kimbu. How are you today? I am awake. I am still working on my first cup of coffee, even though as we record this, it's almost noon. So that's just how I'm rolling this week, clearly. But As an introduction to uh, listeners who maybe don't know me already, I am a novelist and productivity coach for authors. I love writing, talking about writing, and I love helping other writers write. So that's once I wake up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know we we got some deep topics going on from our carryover from our last episode. So I'm excited about this one, though. This is going to be good. Yeah, so let's let's set this up for the listeners and prepare them for this conversation that we're about to dive into. <laughs> Last episode we talked about inviting authentic existence, which is the first guidepost in the outer work that we do as writers and and what does that mean? Um it is we've been talking about before we logged on here the idea of authenticity. So this is where it really starts to show up for us. And also when we may first be showing that authenticity in a very public way, it's where we become more visible as a creator. Um, It's really inviting and engaging with the outer aspects of the creative process. So Melody, when when we were looking at the alignment between the guideposts and the creativity quest, Tell me, <laughs> because, because I see all seasons written on this piece of paper in front of me, <laughs> and I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> Take it away, Melody. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so we were, you know, we've been in picking uh, or talking about seasons that most closely ar- align with the uh, different stages of the creativity cycle all along and when I was looking at this I was like 
okay, what one do I pick? A spring? Oh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that works. No, that's summer. Oh, no. Um, so, uh, as I looked, <laughs> you know, was processing this, I was like, no, this authenticity, the internal authenticity, and the way we express it in our work and our outer world really is a thread that runs through all of the seasons and all of the seasons of the writing process in the and I feel through the creativity cycle as well because without this thread of authenticity we can't really fully live or express each of the stages of the creative cycle or the seasons of the uh, writing process which I think is why, as I mentioned earlier, this guidepost of inviting authentic existence, more than any of the guideposts that we've talked about so far, has the potential to kick us back or loop us back into repeating guideposts where we may have already visited. Mm-hmm. And uh, my question to you was whether you thought that that might be an influence on why you saw this particular guidepost applying to many of the seasons. Because, you know, in the in the reality of being a creative person, we can talk about authenticity all day long, but unless we really <laughs> feel it and really lean into it, um, you know, it, so I, it's hard to make it show up when we don't really know ourselves very well, that we're not very self-aware. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I'm really curious to find out how each one of these seasons plays into that recognition of when we are being authentic or not. Mm-hmm. This is so rich. I mean, even on our last podcast leading into this one, we could just do podcasts for ever on this subject (laughs) but we won't and I'm going to go over each uh, season and how authenticity is influenced or how that season influences our authenticity in expressing our creative selves it's so integral um and I invite the listeners to go back and listen to the individual podcasts on the individual seasons because Mm. in there and also in the worksheets, because one of the ways I think that's really helpful, I found really helpful in five element medicine is it not only tells you about living an authentic balanced life that's also filled with harmony but it also helps you understand where you're imbalanced. Mm. And that to me has been the most helpful clues when I feel like I'm getting stuck or off track in any season or any stage of the creative cycle. So I would invite the listeners to go back and go through those podcasts You know, when we go, I'm going to start out just talking about the season of fall because it's what we're in right now is late fall going into winter. And the season of fall is recognizing and valuing our creations and our work and knowing deeply in inside the value of what we have and what we do. And that absolutely uh, creates um, 
requires authenticity. Um, you can value and appreciate the authenticity of others, but I think to f produce a full work that people can connect to, I think requires a deep personal authenticity. So mm -hmm. not only recognizing it, but owning it is mm -hmm. an aspect of fall. In winter. And I'm just going to quickly jump in there is like the thing that resonated with me about what you just said was this it can connect to the readers. And I realize mm -hmm. a lot of times writing is an internal process because we're writing because we want to tell the story. But that's an important part of it, too, is including that authenticity. So it just doesn't lie flat in the book. Yeah, I'll tell you a little story about that. I, someone asked me to give a review about a book. They sent me their book. It was a good book. I love the subject matter. I like the characters, but for me, it did not pull me in emotionally. It mm. kind of laid there on the page. Like, I checked all the boxes. Great storyline, great subject matter, good, you know, it moved along at a pretty good pace. And then I had a chance to meet the author in person, and I felt the same way. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's uh, fascinating. Isn't it? It's like, uh, uh, you know, we had a great time uh, when we met and talked and enjoyed, you know, the conversation, great conversation. But I, it just, I didn't feel pulled in emotionally. So mm -hmm. to me, that that is the connection with authenticity. And so we may not see that in ourselves or in our work, to be honest, uh, until we do the deep dive and uh, or someone mm. kindly or not so kindly points out to us, you know, where we may be lacking in that department. So moving on to winter, winter is a season when we uh, we sort of do the inner work a lot. Uh, we have this inner knowing of who we are and what our work and our vision is for our work. It's uh, a contemplative state, and this requires rigorous self-honesty during this phase of the process. It's mm -hmm. where new ideas are born, new story ideas. It's where the seeds have fallen to gestate. In spring, the vision of our authentic self or the vision of our work and our writing is comes into fruition. It's that seed that has sprouted, and now it's popping everywhere. And um, I found this with, I knew I was going to write a book. I was told by others I was going to write a book uh, a long time before I actually wrote a book. I tried to write a book. I talked about this in the last podcast angst-filled novel based on loosely on you know some of my own experiences that fell flat um and that was a <laughs> you know 10 full years before I would start what I felt was my first book but I achieved mm. I was able through plant spirit medicine and five element medicine to um bring a authentic vision for my work 
into fruition. So it's a very exciting time. Go back, listen to our podcast on the seasons. There's so much in there. In summer, we bring this authentic selves and our authentic work into fruition. We have to lead from a position of authenticity. Otherwise, you're just regurgitating somebody else's vision or somebody else's work. So being grounded is part of harvest the next season. And it's uh, grounded in the, mm, the fruit, the home place, the place where we land and inhabit in, in our work and in ourselves. So that's how I mm. see authenticity weaving itself into all of these stages. And in order to express and live them fully as a writer and as a person, it requires nothing less than authenticity. To me, to me, the, the sort of, um, oh, what's the right word? The instigator, the spark, the uh, impetus toward authenticity is something that you mentioned, Melody, as you were talking about self-honesty. And I'm always questioning myself about whether I'm being honest with myself. And I think that that is part of my unconscious practice of reaching toward authenticity. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. I think that's, uh, I can relate to that. And I, I often do that. And now I, I have to balance or temper that with my knowing and trusting myself and my authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's not a bad, um, it's, a, it's a really helpful trait to have. Um, you know, you can tell when you're out of balance, when you're always questioning it, no matter what, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. you know, and then like next time you're questioning the same thing over again. Um, but I think, you know, mm-hmm. as a self-assessment, then can you honestly say, yes, I know this is part of the authentic expression of myself and then move on? Or do you just cycle it around and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it? I think that would be a great clue on whether that is helpful to you or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to jump in there because I was just working with a client who has been making really great breakthroughs, but has been doing that, turning around and chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it. You know, I had to really break them out of that for a moment, just get out of that headspace so that they could have a bigger picture of what they're really trying to work on. Cause this was like going down a, a whirlpool. Like all you can see is the whirlpool. You're not seeing the river around you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of had to pull them out of the whirlpool and say, look, it's a small whirlpool. It's not that big. It's the river. It's much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that really resonated with me just because of, of the issue of having to talk about with a client with that recently. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that it's also something to be developed and matured over time is a tool that's useful to us and using it in a way at a time that is appropriate. Um, 
you know, second mm-hmm. guessing comes to mind. Even, you know, I've been very guilty of that. Get a clear vision, understand, get that inner gut knowing. Yes, this is how I'm going to go. But it doesn't always go as planned. It's not, it's more that spaghetti model we were talking about in a previous <laughs> podcast. Oh, it didn't, it wasn't this not a map line spaghetti. <laughs> here to there. You mean it's not like that? No, I'm sorry. And, and you know, something else occurred to me um, that our reaching for our authenticity and expression of it always involves struggle. Hmm. Darn it. I know. I had to really <laughs> change my uh, relationship with struggle. Mm. Uh, it was a contentious relationship. And I, as, as I see it as part of the learning process, you know, the analogy in the plant world, which I'm familiar with, is the seed struggles to become the plant. It's encased safely mm. in this little shell where it's protected. It has everything, all the elements of becoming the full mature plant and the fruit that it produces and the generations of plants that will go on after it. But it will never become that without breaking out of that shell. And sometimes that requires a rigorous, difficult process. It may have to go through a a freezing process. It might have to go what's called scarification, which is the actual cutting or breaking of that shell because it's tough. Um, It may have to go through a a, a season of dormancy and, and, you know, where it's deprived of a lot of the elements in order to burst forth at the proper time uh some you know the great redwoods uh have a this uh, comparatively tiny little um pine cone you know where the seeds are stored and it is rock hard it's only opened by wildfires oh interesting wow mm-hmm. so wow. It, it cannot wow. yeah so mm-hmm. When I understand struggle as part of the growth process, I can, at, at the very least, not resist it. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, give myself what I need to complete that gestation and growth cycle. And then the struggle becomes minimized. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like none of us remember being born. Tell me more. Oh, well, I was just thinking, is, is you know, the tree growing out of the seed and bursting out of the, you know, eggs breaking open for the chicks, us human beings coming into the world, it's, it's a struggle for both the mother and the baby. And that's mm-hmm. if everything goes great. That's if there's no problems at all. It's still a huge struggle. And we talk a lot about the person giving birth who's fully conscious of the time that while they're doing it, but the baby is conscious too. Mm-hmm. We just don't remember it. There's, you know, childhood amnesia, mm-hmm. infantile mm-hmm. amnesia. And, uh, but that doesn't minimize the struggle later on. You know, we still had to go through that and grow into this great majestic tree of a human being, as I like to think of it. So anyway, just a, just a side comment on the importance of struggle for, for growth, for birth, for generation, for regeneration. Absolutely. And, uh, I 
I I had so much struggle in my life during certain passages. Um, some of it was having to do with my own resistance of moving on to the next season or phase of my life. Um, and then my own concept of it shouldn't be so hard. It shouldn't be so hard. I'm not in <laughs> favor of struggle for the sake of struggle. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with struggle as a part of growth. And I think that's what I'm getting at with the, kind of the birth analogy is at the point where, you know, we've come through the struggle. It doesn't matter anymore that we struggled. Like it doesn't matter because we've gone past that and now we're on to the next thing. We may have to struggle again, but we're not basing our whole existence on the fact that, oh, we want struggled. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. I like that. Anyway, sorry to derail that. I know we have an outline we're trying to follow, but <laughs> trying, the operative yeah. word, trying. It's all related. It's all related. So I have a couple of questions I, I'd like you to consider, my fellow podcasters. Oh, no. I wanted to know, A, what does it mean to you to be authentic in your writing or in your work? And B, when did you first become aware of your authentic voice as a writer? Ooh. Mm. Gina? Those are, I'm going to answer those questions at once because they're very related to to me. Um, I don't know if I can pinpoint like an exact time when I became aware, but I began at some point, probably mm, eight years ago or so, to consciously recognize some of the topics and themes that were beginning to show up in my writing over and over again. Recurring issues, recurring types of um, topics. And I had to pay attention to that because I feel like our values and our belief systems are naturally going to infuse their way into our writing. And Mm -hmm. it's those things that we care about the most that are going to start showing up again and again and again. Mm. And so to me, being authentic in my writing means including those things. And, you know, I, th- I, I think there's a little bit of danger in sort of consciously picking out, you know, we don't want to be preachy in our writing. You know, we don't, <laughs> we don't want to be obviously trying to convey certain messages. But I do think that it's important for us to recognize when things do start showing up in our writing again and again, because that is a pointer to the things that mean a lot to us and a pointer to leaning into that authenticity of showing who we are and what we value. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it absolutely does. It actually brings to mind a book I read, um, which the title escapes me right now, but I can always put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes, but the book was about, finding your life's purpose and a lot of people get to a later position in life I can attest to this and 
and come to this spot where you're like, why am I really here? What am I doing? You know, <laughs> what's the real me? What is, am I meant to do? And that's one of the things he pointed out. It's like a look back and see what you are drawn to over and over again. Even if you think it's a negative thing, there is some element of that that is trying to show you what it is, what your purpose is here on this earth. Mm. And that was a big aha for me. You didn't say you didn't have an actual point, Gina, uh, where you recognize your authentic voice, but it was more of a process. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, I do think it was a gradual unfolding because I think, you know, I put a lot of words down on the page and it was only in retrospect of those things that I had written that I started to recognize these things that were showing up. And I was like on a conscious level then going, oh yeah, that that is important to me. And obviously it's important to me because it keeps showing up again and again in different ways in the things that I'm writing. And so um, it was just a real self-recognition for me of, you know, what's, what is it that I want my writing to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So for myself, I had this idea of what I wanted my writing to be. Even though, you know, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I had a, I've written a wide variety of uh, <laughs> genres and subject matters, um, but I it, it it took me a while to come into my authentic voice, and it was during mm-hmm. the writing of Soul of the Seasons, and one of my beta readers made a comment like I had everything but the kitchen sink in the first few drafts um like I said before it you know five element medicine is a huge subject very complex system of balance and harmony one of the things my early beta one of my early beta readers said about my writing was you sure do get up on your soapbox a lot. Mm. Like, mm. oh, snap, I do. That's one of the things I did not want to do in my writing was be preachy. Someone told me a long time ago, people want to learn, but they don't necessarily want to be taught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also isn't being preachy and being up on your soapbox a good way to deflect from your own vulnerabilities? I don't know what you're talking about. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I I think part of it for me also was I've... Through my writing, I felt finally able to have a voice Mm -hmm. for things that had been mm, minimized or ignored or whatever, discounted my whole life. So, like, I was taking this opportunity to tell every single one of you right now all of those things. I'm like, okay, 
And so I went through it and I cut every single soapbox thing out of there. Mm. Um, that at least that it seemed like to me. Uh, but it was also during that process and through one after the beta readers had gone over at the early beta readers and I, I was like, oh crap, I have to go back through. So I made some really tough revisions and I came back and handed Gina, who is my editor on my book, and and she sent me this lovely note about me finding my voice finally in this. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful because I felt like that had been true. I knew my rhythm. I felt my, you know, my expression to be more authentic and genuine. And that was a powerful point, and I've carried that with me to what I write now, whatever I'm putting my pen to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things run through my head as you're talking, Melody. I, you talked about stripping out all those things that felt soapboxy. But mm-hmm. I think that what you were able to do then was to take those things that you had been very soapboxy about and put them in a way that could land with the readers in a way that they were open to accepting it instead of preaching at them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's absolutely true. And I, and I, I think turned a lot of those into um, personal stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say in the book, the points that I remember the best of reading your book uh, and referencing it is when you were talking about your experiences with your voice. I mean, the authenticity really comes through in those moments. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's not a novel. It's not something you read front to back unless you really want to, but it, that, that authenticity and that voice is very clear. It, you know, too, I, it, I realize that as I'm listening to you, that even though there was not a specific moment when I recognized that my authentic voice was showing up, there was a time when I realized that when I would go back to reread what I had written, or sometimes even in the moment of writing something, I had a physical, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but I've had a physical response to what I was writing. And it, it's mm-hmm. almost like a almost like a moment where the tension is released because mm. something feels true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, that is, uh, and I would highly recommend, uh, if you haven't done this with your own work, to read your work out loud. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, because when I've done some readings or people have requested to read me a passage, I did not realize how much emotion on authenticity uh was contained in that passage and still until I started reading it out loud. It was very powerful. Mm-hmm. That actually was an experience I had at the retreat um, for myself was reading a passage of my new memoir that I'm working on, The Empty Bowl. And hearing myself read it aloud and then hearing the feedback I got on it really 
I don't want to say, I don't know, open my eyes, I think, to a way of that of just how much I've internalized that authenticity. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging per se, but like it felt very true. Like claim it, it so- sister, claim <laughs> it. You can brag. <laughs> well, it really showed me that, that the work I've done in trying to claim that ownership of that voice has paid off. Like that, that is something that was very, when I read it, like you said, reading it aloud was a much different experience than just reading it over and editing it. Mm. And then seeing people's reactions to it, I was like, yes, that was very validating for Mm -hmm. that insight of, yes, I finally found the right voice for this particular story. Mm. And that was very important to me. So I'll second that one. Nice. So Kimba, do you recall a moment of time or was it a process more like Gina was talking about when you recognize your creative voice and, you know, how does that tie into what authenticity in your work means to you? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it was a process, but I didn't notice it was happening. Um, one of the things I talk about over in my own podcast, uh, Author Alchemist, is, and a concept I've talked about with Gina, is the idea of writing one million words. And as a, as a goal for writers, it's like, if you're trying to find your voice, just aim for 1 million words. It's not a stand in for studying literature or studying craft, but for finding your own voice, the only way you're going to do it is by practicing the craft and writing. Mm -hmm. That's right. So I think it's a good rule of thumb. I'm going to be, uh, you know, plumbing those depths in my own blogs and things like that. But I remember the time when I realized I'd written I think at the time I'd written like over 1 million words. I'd written like 1.2 million words. I was just like, oh, oh, I've really put some time and energy into this. And I kind of just looked at what I'd written over the years. And I don't want to say I sat down and like I analyzed how I'd changed, but I was just like, wow, the writing that I'm doing now is so much more rich and interesting and well-structured. And I think that had to do with you know, a slow process that evolved over writing that many words. So Mm -hmm. it was a slow process, but for me, it was in some ways kind of an unconscious one in a lot of ways. I always wanted to be better. I was always striving to be better and always striving to to be, reach that point of authenticity in my writing, but it kind of snuck up on me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And once again, there is no set linear way. Mm-mm. that Mm-mm. any of us go through this process it's all no. right it's all right as long as you keep going through it as long as you just keep going on yeah. yep so speaking of going through it <laughs> we are coming to the end of this episode and the <gasps> next topic that we are going to be discussing is the guidepost that is called verifying and testing Mm. so listeners thank you for being here with us i hope wait a second wait a second wait a second this isn't (sighs) testing like getting a grade right oh no okay all right we can go on i'm I'm gonna be out of school that day (laughs) (laughs) so listeners thank you for joining us and please do visit our website aroundthewriterstable.com where you can find transcripts you can find worksheets 
past episodes and you can leave us a comment. Give us a suggestion for future topics because at some point we're going to come to the conclusion of our discussion about the quest and the five seasons of writing. And we're, we want to know what you want to hear about. Mm, Absolutely. Listen to us on any platforms where you might uh, listen to your podcasts, Apple, uh, Spotify, Make sure you give us a thumbs up or a heart and be sure and tune in to our next episode. And thank you for being here. And thank you, co-hosts, for joining us today. It was awesome as usual. Thank you. Thanks, Talk everyone. To you all soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheriderstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at AroundTheWritersTable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time. <laughs>